Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Jesus is Lord. 
pain of this world and this life just baffled us. A time when we asked, why God? Just why? If you are really in control, why would you let this thing happen? Maybe it was when you were at the end of your rope. You had no money in the bank and your car broke down. You didn't know how you were going to get to work to make the money to pay your bills, let alone pay for the car repairs. Maybe it was when, after years of trying to get pregnant, you got pregnant. But then you had a miscarriage. And all those precious, fragile hopes came crashing down like so much shattered glass. Maybe it was when you felt completely flattened under the weight of crushing depression, that nothing seemed to lift or even leave, a dense black cloud of emotion that suffocated, smothered, drowned you every single day. Maybe you're going through one of those things today. And even when you face that moment, or as you face it even now, you find yourself asking this very question, why? Why are things so bad if God is God? Why is there so much darkness when Jesus is Lord? It's a good question. It's an honest question. It's a hard question. But here's the thing about darkness. In his life here on earth, Jesus redeemed it, transforming darkness from a context for despair into a context for ministry. He brought light into the world. The Gospel of John says, the light has come into the darkness, but the darkness has not understood. Or as another translation puts it, the light has come into the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus redeemed the darkness in creation as a context for ministry. When he calmed the storm, when he commanded the winds to die down, and the waves to be still. He demonstrated his lordship over the natural world. He redeemed the darkness of violent natural events, storms, and waves, making them into a context for ministry, to walk on water, to teach his disciples, to lift Peter up out of the water. Jesus redeemed the darkness in human society as a context for ministry. He called out the hypocrisy and legalism of the rich young ruler. He rebuked the corrupt Sanhedrin. And he redeemed the crooked tax collectors, Levi and Zacchaeus. He ministered to the oppressed, forgiving the sins of the woman caught in adultery with a lover, but condemned alone. Healing the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman, and evangelizing the poor. Jesus redeemed the darkness of the human condition. Not only were many of his first evangelists, people who he had saved from blindness, demon possession, and other afflictions, but he himself took on human form, descending into the very darkness of our humanity in order to take our sins upon himself and to redeem us. So yes, there is still darkness. But the darkness has been transformed into a context for ministry. Darkness is no longer a place of fear for the Christian, but it's a place of service. An opportunity to love the Lord and to love others, to witness, to 
the goodness of God, even in the midst of evil circumstances. And if the darkness were going to persist forever, this might not be enough. But it won't be. We know the dawn is coming. As our reading from James instructs us, we must be patient, therefore, until the coming of the Lord. James even adds, as an example of suffering and patience, beloved. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We are not alone in our waiting. We have the example of the prophets who knew the Messiah was coming, but weren't given to know when. They suffered through attacks, through exile, and even through death. But they waited. They waited in the darkness of Israel's sin and rebellion for the coming Messiah just as we wait in the darkness of the world's sin and rebellion for his return. So the next time you find yourself asking, why God? How can this be happening if you are God? I want you to remember that the darkness you are encountering has been redeemed. Not because suffering is real, but because Jesus brought divine presence to suffering and transformed that darkness from a context for despair into a context for mystery. And then when you remember that, I want you to ask yourself, how can I, as an image bearer of the loving God who entered our suffering with us, how can I invite his divine presence into this suffering? How can I shine his light in this darkness? How can I enter into the ministry for which God has redeemed this situation? Don't misunderstand me. This doesn't mean that it won't be hard. This doesn't mean that you won't still struggle and question. But what it does mean is that you have an answer, that you have a path forward, and that none of your suffering will be pointless when you invite God into it. When you face those moments, it means changing your mindset from why God to how do you want to redeem this God? You know, at the beginning of this sermon, I mentioned that Robert and I have been in Cuba. And I have to tell you, the Diocese of Cuba is doing an incredible job of this very thing, of using the darkness of their situation as an opportunity for ministry. You see, Cuba, as a nation, as an island, has water purity problems. Unless you really like throwing up, hot water cube is not your friend. At least not for drinking. Only water that has been thoroughly filtered and purified boils with a bottle of water is safe for drinking. It's at the point where we wash our toothbrushes with bottled water in the layer. And as you can imagine, this makes things challenging in day-to-day -day life, to say the least. In the midst of the suffering that this problem brings, the Episcopal Diocese of Cuba has found an incredible opportunity for ministry. By partnering with churches in other parts of the world, many of them here in the U.S., their diocese is setting up water purification systems at every single one of their churches throughout the whole country. And a large part of our trip actually was bringing some of that equipment to one of these churches, San Juan Bautista Church in Florencia, Cuba. And once the systems like that one at San Juan are set up, 
The churches invite all the people of the community to come in and receive water for free. As the community comes into the church for drinking water, the churches offer them living water. A sign above one of these systems that we saw said, Jesucristo es agua viva para nuestros cuerpos y almas. Jesus Christ is living water for our bodies and our souls. You see, what the church of Cuba has understood in the midst of their country's water problems, a sign of the darkness in creation, in human society, and in the human condition, in the midst of all that, they've understood that that very darkness is an opportunity for them to share the light of Christ with those around them. Suffering is a part of life. But more than that, it is an opportunity for life to share the life-giving news of Jesus' death and resurrection. In fact, the primary way the gospel has spread throughout history has been through the suffering of God's people. When we suffer, when we encounter suffering in the world, we are joining with our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the centuries and throughout the world. We may not have the opportunity to set up water purification systems. As far as I know, not needed here at Hala. We may not even have the opportunity to make differences for a whole community like that in our day-to-day -day lives. But we can still live this out. In fact, there's one person right here today who I know who is living this out in a very clear way. You probably know him too. He likes to sit towards the back on this side just before that cross aisle. Wearing a blue sweater today. <laughs> His name is Don Hires. As many of you know, I ask your permission for sharing this. As many of you know, Don is suffering from maternal lung condition. And as his lung functioning has continued to decline, he has continued to tell all of us who check in on him that he is completely at peace with his coming death. He's ready to see his beloved Mary again. And more than that, to meet his Savior face to face. And I believe him. You can see it in the peace in his face, and you can hear it in the joy in his voice. But one particular conversation with him stands out. At one of our Wednesday news services recently, Don asked for prayer. And he didn't ask for prayer for healing. He didn't ask for prayer for peace. He didn't ask for prayer for comfort. Don asked for prayer that, in the time before he died, his illness would open the hearts and minds of his in-laws so that when he shared with them about Jesus, they would listen and understand and accept Jesus as their Savior and be saved. When we encounter suffering, like Dawn, what we are really encountering is an opportunity to spread the good news, an opportunity to share in the ministry of Jesus even as we share in sufferings. For us as Christians, all the darkness of this world, all the suffering it threatens, has no ultimate view of us. Because Jesus, our Messiah, has brought divine presence <coughs> to that suffering and has redeemed it as a context for ministry. Our suffering, our pain, is an opportunity for ministry as we await the dawn the great and glorious day of the Lord. So the answer to the question, 
Why is there still darkness when Jesus is Lord? The answer is because Jesus has entered into that darkness. Because the light of the world, through his body here on earth, the church, is still at work within that darkness that has not understood or overcome that light. Because the Messiah will continue to be at work within that darkness until all night shall become day, and there will be no more night. And they will not need the light of lamp or sun, so the Lord their God will be their light. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.